listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the importance of mentoring and friendships for marriage. I am so excited to be sharing stories and all kinds of goodies just to hopefully inspire you guys to really allow your friendships and mentoring relationships to blossom and to thrive in this season right now when I think during quarantine, we probably needed even that much more. I know even me not being a social subtype, I've realized just how much I am a social subtype without realizing it as things get taken away. And I realize, wow, I guess I wasn't a social subtype because that area of my life was so filled. And now I have to be intentional again with you guys. So I also wanted to do this awesome episode topic because I think that it's a really great one as we hit those back to school male and female archetypes and we think about who do we want to be inspired by and we're learning through the Fruits of the Spirit post we just did on Instagram that we really don't want to exclude any gifting from our set of learning in our marriages and in our lives, right? I mean, we want to learn from the best of each and every type, not just our type, not even just the types we go to in stress and health, but who wouldn't want to have each fruit of the spirit, whether it be goodness or gentleness or joy or patience. You want to develop all this and it takes a myriad of people in your life and examples from them to really shape and change and grow you. So I have all kinds of examples and goodies from psychology today, from our research, like I said, as well as personal stories to share with you guys. So I'm so happy to jump into this topic. Before we do, I want to remind you if you want some action marriage mentoring, I will be at the Bone and Marrow Market event this Thursday at 7 and Friday at 1. So we're going to be talking all things Enneagram and marriage there and some exciting new concepts. I'll be giving away a freebie. So check that out at boneandmarrow.market under their events tab. And I hope to see you there. It's going to be a fun Zoom event. And we're also going to hear from other couples about the ways that they mentor and have shaped their marriage over the years and do some q and it's free. So I look forward to that and I hope to see you there. But I also want to just think about together with you how important it is now to really focus in on the why. Why do we even have to meet with other couples, especially for those of us who are more of a social introvert? What is the purpose of that? Why would we spend our time when we could be either making money or working within our own families only or just having some personal time? and getting self-care and fitness, why do we need others? Well, there's just so many reasons for it, but I think that one of the best ways to start on this topic is to look at the research. And Psychology Today says that what's really important for you to realize is that in your marriage, integrating social networks can have a positive impact on your romance by creating a space that reinforces the idea of you as a couple. So it means you have this idea of yourselves as an entity. And that's really important to shaping your relationship. So although friendship in personal ways is also very healthy, and I also have some research right in front of me that reminds us that people with great social networks, and sometimes singles are frankly better at this, people who have great social networks thrive so much more physically, live longer, and just do better. So even if you're not thinking from a marriage perspective, but a more personal one, I want to let you know that friendships and really making sure to honor them is so important because not only are you getting more relationship satisfaction, but you're also 
getting and actually studies show that people with friends have higher levels of commitment, intimacy, and happiness. So make sure that you understand that it's great to put it on the calendar and how often you do that is going to vary per couple. Some people love to see friends daily, sometimes monthly, sometimes seasonally. So really try to integrate with each other about that. And then you can also still have some one-on-one times as we'll talk about today for you and your partner to have some time with your own friends as well, because you definitely want to make time for that from the research I just gave you. And because it's really fun to just bounce things off of them sometimes with your spouse. And studies do tell us that we don't always take that advice that our friends give us, but that we, and I know that drives some of you crazy. You're like, why did you ask if you're not going to take my advice? And I'm sure I felt that way too. But the truth is sometimes people just need somebody to bounce a thought off of in their verbal processors. As I know, a lot of you, one woman have recently told me and seven women that you're verbal processors. So I get it that some of you really do depend on that to have your fulfillment of your own thoughts, even to come to fruition. And just having a patient friend is such a blessing. And if you heard our At the Table episodes, you heard about my best friend, Stacy and I doing that for each other over the years. And I even after the episode had to call her over quarantine recently and say, I have to ask you a question. Can I just have a few minutes? And she was like, I'm headed into a meeting, but yes, you have five minutes, go. And so then she gave me all this advice. And I was like, I love you. Bye. Have a great meeting as she's like saving lives with COVID. So it was works for the short term. It works for the friendship thing, long term, even long distance, as Stacy and I told you guys. And I make sure to be there for her on moments like that in her life as well. So make sure, even if you have to write yourself a note every day, like I sometimes have to be there for your people. So we're going to talk not only about just the why, which I just gave you, and I hope that was convincing. I also want to talk to you guys about how it looks, because this is one of those topics that can be extremely vague, like, oh yeah, friends are great, bye, and that's not what I want to do today. I wanted to not only give you some backup and some research, which I'll link in the show notes, but I also wanted to give you some some tips for how to make this happen regularly. And I just said, regularly looks different for every couple. So keep that in mind. But I'm going to share first some stories of ways I've done this so you can get your mind rolling as to how you might do it within your personality type. So Wes and I have enjoyed couple times and in the early marriage years, it's really nice to put it on the calendar. Probably I would say you're more likely going to do the once a week thing. Like we said in the at the table episode also, it's easier to do that when you don't each have a bunch of kids with different nap times and bedtimes. So if you're early marriage, pre-kids or dating years. Absolutely. Friendship will bless you guys and mentoring will not be as difficult, but it'll still be important. And you can go ahead and think about the people in your life right now who might be great mentors and friends to you. I know I'm thinking about the ones I've had over the years. And I had a woman who is almost 90 named Bertha, who is the matriarch of our whole church. And I went to her as a newlywed. I'm also thinking of a therapist I had named Diane who helped me process my mom's stroke and totally awoke me out of my seven slumber that it was, you know, all was not well and I needed to feel it and process it in order to make good choices. I also really was blessed when Wes and I attended an all Asian church and Ming was somebody who was really special to me because not only was she from the Taiwanese culture and I got to learn about that beautiful culture because our church was almost all Taiwanese. We just happened to be at this church in Chicago at this time. We met through a homeless shelter that we had ministered at and we were just so touched and loved the pastor and they had an English speaking service as well. So even though there weren't that many non-Taiwanese people there, there were a few and we had such great times in 
10 years and Ming talked to me and helped me to understand how to study God's word in a deeper way, but also ministered to me through loving her kids so well before I ever had kids. She poured out crying prayers for them and just loved them so thoroughly. And she just cared so deeply. And just sometimes when you see somebody and you're thinking, wow, I didn't think I needed a mentor or this is boring as a seven. I don't want to be committed to a mentoring relationship. You realize white knuckling it through that time is so good for you. And you're so honored just to be sitting at the feet of these sages who have so much wisdom to pour out about mistakes they've made or choices they see their kids making, even adult children, or even in Bertha's case, grandchildren that were now adults. And it was just awe-inspiring. So I could also pick their brains too and say, okay, now that it's my turn to talk, here's what I'm dealing with. And they had so much wisdom about honoring your elders and making sure that you did your part and let God do his. And so many great lessons, like I said, about Bible study tools themselves. But I think the biggest ways that they showed me love was to say, I've been through a lot of heartache and sorrow in I'm still here. I'm still standing. The other shoe has dropped and I am still standing. And that is really something that I think any young woman needs to hear because if you live long enough, you'll have a lot of grief over time. So that's really important to have people who have gone through it and are standing. Another great mentor I had was Marie Little, the wife of the late Paul Little. And she was so amazing because they had been friends with Billy Graham and they had walked through a lot of life as InterVarsity leaders and done a lot of world conferences. And she was yet so tender and kind and professional and had lived a long life and was now nearly blind as she lived many years without her first and her second husband having outlived them both. So she taught me a lot about grace and friendship and how to host well because she always hosted me and she would ask me to read scripture because she had a special computer that helped her sometimes, but she was still working and laboring at good things and loving people well and caring about their hearts, even though she had had so much torn from her. And it almost made, I'm sure some of you can relate now, some of my concerns seem a little less dire. Those years, everything seems important still. It's not like it wasn't important whether or when we moved back to Michigan from Chicago or whether Wes took this or that teaching job, but it was like these things were really seen in a different color once I was able to sit and say, wow, you've walked through grief and loss and you walked with Billy Graham and what are these heroes of the faith teaching you and what can you teach me? And these were just great opportunities I had to sit with these women. But after I had my own kids, mentoring changed. And I think that that's what I need to let you guys know too. It's the who changes. It's not just the why of what's important, but sometimes your who is going to change over the years. And one of the friends that Wes and I have been so blessed to know over the years has been a couple called the Cooties, Lely and Dennis. And Lely has been there for me through my darkest seasons of marriage. And we moved to Florida almost nine years ago, and she's been there from the start. And I'm so grateful we started a homeschool co-op together. I mean, we didn't start it together, but we started the same year. And then life ebbed and flowed, but we remained friends. And one of the things about Lely, and she's a type two that really has blessed me over the years, is that she's the type of friend 
friend who doesn't need me to constantly call her and I don't need her to constantly call me, but we check in and respect each other's busy lives and privacy. She's married to Dennis, who's an eight. So she's very busy with him. She works with him in his business and he's full throttle all the time going. So she's like, besides my own daughter and I, we're busy, but as a two and a good friend, she is a caring heart. And I really love the way we merge as friends, especially because unlike, well, Bertha and Wes really got along too, but Ming and Marie didn't have any relationship with Wes other than enjoying meeting him and hearing about him. So what's nice about Lily and Dennis is even just this past week, Wes and Dennis went for breakfast and they talked about finances because Dennis is a financial guru. And not only that, but they were there for us, like I said, in our darkest season of marriage. So this is something you don't even know you're going to need sometimes, but that when you have it, it really blesses you. And during that dark season, I remember sometimes I am so analytical that I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no such thing as persecution. We just have to try harder. And I know that's ridiculous, but if you're a five, six or seven, you might be able to relate with me on how practical our brains go sometimes to think like there's no enemy at work. I just have to try harder. I have to think through this analytically, but it was pretty awful at any rate one season that like I said it was already a bad season and I remember just starting Wes and I saying let's start to commit some morning time to really being together in prayer and then within a week or so all three of my kids now this is totally trumped now that we're dealing with COVID but at the time it seemed even more excruciating all three of my healthy kids got pneumonia at the same time and it just shocked me because I was like, wow, I just kind of put my heart on the line, just started to really get stronger in my marriage again. And all of a sudden I was met with this persecution and none of my friends either knew, and I'm a seven, so I'm quite private. I go to five and health a lot. Um, I don't know if it's always healthy to do that, but you know what I mean? That's where I generally go. So I'm not going to be the one to like write on Facebook, hey, everybody, my kids all have pneumonia, told a few people. And the only one that really was able to act in that season was Lely. And she came over and she offered a big pot of bone broth and she had some whole foods items and she just fed us. She nurtured us. And I just felt the body of Christ so much right there. I felt loved and I felt like she risked. I mean, she didn't want to give warm hugs to the kids, but she came in with the soup. She said, we care about you. And she left. And that act has stuck with me for about seven years. I just really appreciated that and Wes did too. And then they helped us when we were uh, buying our home. Dennis ended up being our realtor and this is a little over five years ago. And Dennis said, if you guys don't get your home, you can move in with us. And we were just like, oh my gosh, like what kind of realtor friend slash mentor does this? Like we didn't need to move in with them, but God was really with us in terms of giving us people that we could look at and rely on and know us. And Joe and Katie are old neighbors, Holly and William. I could name so many more that have shown me my own weaknesses and their strengths during times when I truly needed somebody to minister to me and it wasn't attractive to them to do so. Like Joe and Katie were pet lovers and so were we. But when I was pregnant with Hannah, my oldest, our doctor said, don't get any, 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 any thing on your pet for fleas. And so our pets, it was Michigan summer and they got fleas and I got so allergic 
all these bites and Wes couldn't see them. And he's so detailed as the one he's like, are you sure this is what it is? And we finally saw one on me. This is so gross, but I became the host apparently at night and our friends let us come and stay with them across the street, even though they had pets and they could have easily gotten infested. So while we had our house bombed and of course my OBGYN was being good to say like, I don't want you getting pesticides on you. I'm sure there was a different way of doing it, but I appreciated the sentiment. I appreciated that my daughter came out healthy, but my point is, wow, Joe and Katie were there for us in the darkest of times as were Lully and Dennis. And sometimes I bet you can even think during quarantine about doing this for others. And I think that one of the things that's important when you think about not just, like I said, the why, but the who is you being this to other people too. So one thing I didn't say is while I was at the Evangelical Formosan Church of Chicago, I was mentoring Janelle and I was mentoring Peggy. And at Wheaton Grad School, I had an undergraduate that I was testing and training. And there's always somebody in your life too that you're mentoring. Now I'm doing a ton of that with my kids and their friends more naturally. But I think that it's really nice to have some volunteer roles like this in your life so that you can continue to pour out to others or like I said, sometimes they're a much older friend group and sometimes they're right in your lifetime with you. But Dennis and Lolly are older than us. So as they had their daughter a little later in life, they have had 15 or 20 more years of wisdom than us. So it really blesses us just to have that longevity sometimes. But also, like I said, to pour back out to your younger people. Some of the other people in your life might be nieces or nephews. I know that my nephew Liam yesterday sent me pictures of him practicing his new Led Zeppelin songs on his guitar. And I just took some time to write back to him and to let him know I cared and to engage him with questions about that and to show enthusiasm. And I feel so honored when one of them reaches out to me as I've shared on previous episodes. And now I have extended because my nephews and nieces are growing up and Camden, Liam's older brother, has a girlfriend, Shelby that I've actually featured their sweet four and two relationship on this page on the Instagram page. I'm thinking the two are synonymous and they're not. But basically, Shelby was asking, oh my gosh, like, do you want to see this that I made? She was making signs for people's doors at their welcome entrances, like the Jones family, the Smith family. And I'm like, these are so great. And she's like, do you want me to make you one? And I'm like, okay, yes, I'd love that. And of course, I'm going to pay her. But I really, really love just trying to encourage younger generations generations and their relationships and their gifts. And I think that that brings a lot of joy, even though I go into my five space and we just had our five episode last week and I'm like, oh, I don't have enough energy. Like if I stop to think about all the people I pour into, including clients, wow, it's huge. But the way I do it is not overwhelming to me. Whereas the way I used to do it when I was a lot of the listening audience age was bringing me burnout because I would think I had to do it in this or that way. And now I've had the hindsight to say, I've talked to a lot of older people and they've told me you can't do it all. And one therapist friend of mine, she and I worked as colleagues at Access Christian Counseling in, in Southfield. When Wes and I were having a rough patch, something happened in, in his parents' world and we went to her to process it. She was so kind to let me even as a colleague see her. It's a little unorthodox, but we had a great relationship and we kept it very professional. And we went to her and she said, you know, I'm in my 60s now and I have eight grown kids, very strong Catholic family, had a beautiful home. She invited us to talk with her there. And she said, 
when we were going through the 30s and the 20s with our big pack of kids, she's like, we were scared to death. We didn't know what to do. My husband had no idea what to do. And that has stuck with me for so long. And it was just a simple, I think we saw for three sessions, mentoring relationship that has blessed me so much over the years because it's helped me to say, sometimes you feel like you don't know what you're doing or all your kids are sick at once or you're just clinging for where am I going to live next or gosh, I have this illness that's unexpected. So many things come up. And when you have mentors and friends who can say, let me walk you through this, let me be the rare gem of a friend who isn't going to abandon you in the valley. And even if you've abandoned friends, I'm not going to do that to you. It's so moving and it's so beautiful. And it really does make you want to give back to others and sometimes to them too. Because let's face it, you shouldn't ever just be a taker in any relationship. Even if you're somebody who says, wow, we really, really love what we've been learning from Lely and Dennis. We need to bless them. We want to. And that's something that my husband is really pretty good at. And recently, our kids' piano teacher's family got sick with COVID. And there was some deaths in the elder generation, too. And Wes wanted to not only bring a meal, like I'm the one who came up with the idea, like, let's bring a meal. We're not mentoring her, but let's bring her a meal because she's mentoring our kids and she's going through something. And my husband, of course, like I've told you about him before, he's like, oh my gosh, let's not only bring a meal, but let's stand outside in the porch for a while and talk to her and let's pray over her. And then he had each of us family members stop and pray over her and all five of like me and the kids are like so socially aware of everything. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is different. This isn't my clients asking me for prayer. This is somebody who is just in the world. And of course, I know Christiana's romantic personality. And as Hannah predicted, she would be crying within one second of opening the door. She already was crying when she opened the door. (laughs) So it was like, okay, we love her. Let's just be vulnerable. Let's take this risk and pray over her when she's had the deepest losses. And for me, the way I could connect was gosh, our friendship's important in dark times because I thought of the time when all my kids had pneumonia and how nobody was able to come. And I got it. It was like, I'm scared to come. I don't want to come. But Lely did. And that just meant everything. And I hope and I believe and Christiana's tagged us on our Instagrams to multiple times and a few others to say how this is carrying her through not only the loss of her own father in Brazil, but also his wife as well, her stepmother. So, and that at the same time as her son in her own home had it. So she's just been having a time of it. And that is our job if we are well and able to pour into others. And I have, like I said, I probably wouldn't be here in this capacity had others not done this for me. So now you have your your when is whenever you can. You have your who. I hope you're thinking about a lot of people to do this with, that you've done this with over the years, and that you could could really do this with potentially in the future. And I just want to say a quick where. Where is you can do this at home privately. You can go to their house. You can meet at a park. You can meet at a Panera. You can meet at a Starbucks. And you can meet on the phone or virtually. So the options are multiplied now that we're being creative as thinkers and we're pivoting. I think everybody can get mentoring accessibly a lot more easy. And make sure you, if you're going to get this with Talkspace or one of the online ventures, that you do this with integrity and depth. So that you're like, I'm not just going to let 
let anyone in the world mentor me. Just because they went to school and got a degree or maybe they didn't, make sure you dig deep. And I mean deep. Do your five type of stuff here. Don't just be like, oh, they look like a nice person or their their Instagram has really pretty graphics because I recently listened to a branding talk and I think that's super important. It's annoying to me because I am in my head. So I'm like, why does anybody care about how anything looks? But I know it does because people don't know if you're a good person. They're branded. At least that's one more level of trust. So that's great. That's another level of trust, but don't let it be the level of trust. If you're a super introvert, I'll recommend my Esther and Deborah books to you, the devotionals and the Messy Bun and Cartwheels devotional, where I spend time going week by week on the Messy Bun and Cartwheels devotional. That's for busy moms. And you get a mommy moment. You get a way to integrate the action word for the week for coaching for your kids and you get a prayer. So if you really just want to be mentored as an introvert, you can always read a book at Amazon all the time where you probably have your own favorite authors. But I really like to look at biblical archetypes and go back if you need to, because I left little Bible studies with each of the biblical archetypes last week corresponding to your Enneagram type. If you want some mentoring from somebody who's a wise sage from the ancient world, that's pretty cool too. So make sure you do this, but also understand that jealousy can really play a role here too, especially if you have a four in your tri-type or if you are a four or a three with a four wing, five with a four wing or a one or a two. Look how many people have natural relationships to four. You have to really understand that people come in different seasons. So you might feel like, I don't wanna be friends with so-and-so because they are really always right there bossing me or trying to be better than me. And I'm jealous and I don't like not having my own idea identity here. Or maybe you're thinking they always have it better than me. And why is it that we've worked so hard on our finances, but we've been only able to save $1,000 and they brag on how they've got three generations of wealth going. And you just have to remember that some of us are part of the Moses generation. That name has come to me for the last few years just to encourage me because Wes and I had great parents in many ways and also very stressful upbringings in many ways. And sometimes people are ahead of us in various ways that I never knew. For instance, the couple who hasn't really had to go through the refiner's fire in their marriage at all. And maybe a couple who's had parents who taught them about how to functionally run a family in ways that our parents were not able to do. And I don't want to say willing to do, I'll say able, because our parents did other great things for us. But sometimes you do have to say, well, maybe their family wasn't part of that Moses generation in this way. Moses was the first one to really get to walk out of slavery in Egypt. And it was hard because he had to lead people grumbling through the desert and he ended up taking a very circuitous route and sometimes it takes longer but the next gen and we have our Caleb's and our Joshua's those who can triumphantly cross over and be there and be in that health and be in that place and sometimes I used to think that just was generationally but I've also realized different personality types seem to have an easier time than others so I think that's important to look at too as we try not to get jealous to say wow sometimes people have an easier time making friends or getting mentors than me, or their lives are doing better in their marriages. So I don't want to have friends because it just reminds me of what I don't have. A way to reframe that in a healthy, true to life way is to say, I am part of the Moses generation and it's going to be more costly and it's going to be really hard work, but I am doing 
groundbreaking work that others that have come before me would have killed to do, but they just got me where I am today. So, you know, you lift up a prayer for them, you light a candle for them, and you go on in that desert. But remember, and this is something I learned at Wheaton as well, one of my professors was for grief, and he taught us that God will always be with you through the desert times with provision, protection, and direction. So make sure you really seek out God for those things as you're crossing the desert. And the mentoring will be huge because you'll have these people that have done it. They have dropped their idols out of their pockets as they cross the desert. They have learned to walk away from addictions, affairs, bankruptcies. They've learned to be brave. They've learned not to be fear-mongering. And they're going to help you to get there too. And like I said, sometimes it might be that it's Dave Ramsey. It's not even anyone you know or one of my books. Or it's going to be somebody from Talkspace Online. Or maybe it's your grandma. But either way, I want you to think about just doing this regularly and not letting any jealousy get you there. Because if you're part of that Moses generation, wow, we don't think a lot about the people he led, most of them by name, but we think of him and your family will honor your legacy when they start hearing that you're the person who changed the whole spectrum or your personality type was able to rise up, even though most people of your personality type have not been able to do that. So just be grateful and try to every single day set out, not just your lamentations, but your praises and your plans so that you can really thrive each day in your marriage and in your friendships. The last thing I want to do is offer a few caveats for friendships that you have to make sure of, unfortunately, but it's just important for the times and for all times, to be honest. I was just reading Leviticus yesterday and I was like, wow, God had to be very specific about people not sleeping with their own moms and sisters. Like, okay, I guess we have needed things set out for us in different cultures over time. But this is important because as we talked recently on our affair episodes, you can find yourself in friendships with people of the opposite sex that aren't good for you. You can share emotionally when that's not appropriate. You can have micro cheating. So make sure that you're meeting with couples. I would say feel free to meet with them as a couple, but I would really discourage you from having cross relationship attraction like, oh, I'm going to meet with the man and I'm the woman of this relationship and vice versa because we get along or we're, our personality types understand each other. So we're going to really go away and sit over on the couch while you two go over here. It doesn't mean you can't converse or you need to be paranoid. But my point to you is try not to have a lot of inner dialogue or mentoring going on between people that either of you could be attracted to. And that goes for even if they're within 10 or 20 years sometimes because people find attraction all over the place. So you've got to really be thoughtful about that. And maybe you think, oh, I'm a 22 year old girl and it's okay because Mrs. Jones' husband is 60, but maybe that causes Mrs. Jones discomfort if you're going to her husband and maybe he feels a little bit flattered. So even better would be if you can go to Mrs. Jones and say, tell me more about Mr. Jones and how did your marriage work? Uh, Another thing is, and this is probably more a bit of a more reality for you guys is, and this is hard for me too, but when you have a friend who's dragging you down, it's really not a good idea to be in a friendship with them because you can mentor them. You can try to pray for them. You can try to be a discipler to them. Some people call it that. But what's really important is that you would be in the position of giving counsel if they're much weaker than you. And when I say weaker, I don't mean obviously physically less strong. I mean, if they're emotionally really unstable or 
or immature, and then you two are in a giving, nurturing relationship back and forth, they're bound to give you bad advice and to take you to dark places you don't want to go. And I had a friendship like this once, and she gave to me in ways that I didn't have. And that was the great part of it is I think that she was somebody that I could learn a lot from about her happiness and hard work and tenacity. But when it came to relationships, when I brought things to her about things that I struggled with Wes with, she would be a good listener, but, and I'm not even sharing where I knew this girl from. So I don't want anyone to think like, oh yeah, is she one of your neighbors? It's not like that, but it's just a friendship I had once who wasn't good for me. And she was a wonderful person in many ways, but she and her husband ended up not staying together. And it wasn't a good friend fit because she was tempting me to, without meaning to even, to not be with my own husband. And I've had other friendships like that, even in college where Wes and I were dating happily and there weren't any big issues, but they'd say, there are other fish in the sea. And I could tell that my type seven thought about it and thought, Ooh, that would be fun. And he likes me about somebody else. But then I realized if I don't maintain stability for myself, who will? Wes is a great guy. He's not perfect, but he's a great guy and I love him and I've committed to him. So what business do I have thinking about another guy who might be this way? Because let's face it, you don't even know what that guy really is like. I was thankfully able to make the mature decision that this was not a good friendship for me to have with the person who keeps saying, oh, I'm in a sorority and we are often with different guys almost every night. It's just a fun season of life. And I was able to say, no, that's not the life I want for myself. And I'm not judging you if that's where you were at at, in your college days. I'm just frankly telling you that these are not healthy friendships and mentors to have. So sometimes friends unwittingly give you very bad advice. And that's really important to walk away from and say, that's where you are in your life. And I love you, but I'm not going to have a best friendship with you. So all of that to say, just be careful about your friendships with the opposite gender and be careful about friendships, even with people that are super fun, but just super wild. And you're like, I'm trying to be in a committed relationship. This is probably not the friendship for me at this season of my life, even though I can love them, pray for them, try to mentor them. But as far as asking for advice, big no. And then um, hard pass, right? And then I also want to say as the last thing, make sure that you remember that you don't have to share every single outlet with your spouse. You really do not have to do every little thing together. It's okay. Once you found your people and you guys both have things to do that you want to do, you don't have to like every single hobby together. And so many people in those insecure earliest years think, I need to not let my spouse hang out with his best friend or I need to make sure that I don't don't mess up with trying to see my mom or sister too much. I want you to enjoy those relationships and not try to overly process that you shouldn't be with them. There aren't that many shoulds with your friendships, but there really are things to check in about with your spouse. I mean, the big shoulds I already told you, like really be careful that you're not soliciting unhealthy advice or flirting. But other than that, these are your people spending time with them, getting mentorship, getting advice, just having fun, playing tennis or going jogging if those are things or whatever you like to do. Those are things I like to do that your friend wants to do with you. And if you want to do it with them, then do that. But don't feel that you have to be friends with everybody. Maybe there's a certain personality type that you really don't mesh with and you don't have to. You get to choose how many friends you have and how often. And I really would try to encourage you not to let your spouse control that, but hear them out if they're saying, here's the truth. You're maybe a two. And I hear this sometimes from two wives, especially. You have a lot of relationships going. By the time you get home to me, you don't have much time for 
me and my husband used to say the same to me actually he loves social so he never picked up on why it was happening because he was a one so he's like well can't you just do it all like work and homeschool the kids and meet with these wonderful people whom he loves so much and have dinner on the table and be ready for me with a smile on your face and perfect hair by 5 30 and then go to see your clients or whatever like I'm just saying crazy concoctions and I'd be like nope not possible but what I had to learn for myself was that because I'm not a social subtype and how much I give big energy when I'm with my friends or maybe even pour out if I'm emotional that day, then I had almost nothing left for my husband. So I had to come to that realization without Wes because he would have been like, oh, go ahead and keep meeting with people. But I had to realize in order to get the basic chores done, I really had to, and and even my own self-care and healthier, more slow ways over the years, I had to really take pauses, take micro naps. I had to learn to really say no to friendships. And so now every single year, what I do to close up the episode on a personal level, and it could be a good adage for you too if it works, is I do five friends for the year that I'm really going to pour into and focus on. I think of that Bible verse, a man of too many friends comes to ruin. I know it's true for me. And yet I take that and pair that with the psychology today research and my own stories that have taught me so much about how important friendships are that I realize not only for me personally, but for my marriage, I need them. And I say, okay, so who are the five people who are my fab five this year that I am going to pour into and be poured into by? if they will have me. And then I try to commit to that person and say, I'm so thankful for you. I don't say it in a weird way. Like, will you sign this and be my friend for the year? Like, that's creepy. And as a seven, I'd be like, I'm scared. I can't do it. Like the commitment. But I just say to them sometime around that time, and I usually do it at the beginning of the year, I'm so grateful for you. And I hope our friendship will be a good one. And I try to not put myself in a position, like I said, of dishonoring them by demanding a friendship, but just to let them know they're important to me. And I realize that it's season by season because you don't always live by that person or they're they're in a different season of life and, and things ebb and flow. And that's why I like to do that annually. And then I like to make myself commit to it so that I really have something as a seven that makes me have to commit. So I say this year, it's going to be these five. And And honestly, one of my five this year, we've written each other a few times to say I miss you, but we haven't been as good about that. And I'm going to put that on me. But what's important to me is that I still pray for her and I still think of her and I still reach out to her sometimes. But what it told me was with my kids at these busy, busy, busy years and my marriage being also taking a lot of time and my clients that maybe five wasn't even a realistic number. I already do have more than five friends, but to have five best friends wasn't a realistic number for me. So next year, it might even be three because in the past years, although fives worked, I didn't think of this and I've said it before on this podcast. I thought the baby years were the busiest, but it's happening that the teen years are the busiest. And even my son who's eight was recently asked to do something big, which we're probably going to let him do. So yeah, that's what's like living in a one seven relationship. We're like, okay, let's pray on this. Yes. But, <laughs> but we also, like I said, say no to a lot more because we've realized we'll burn out if we don't. And for me, it's been very important to have good friendships, but to really seek God first for how many 
So that's what I've learned this year is one of them is just a prayer friendship because there's just no time to meet. But the others are really cool because I do get to see them several times in the year and some of them even on a week by week basis. So it's a huge, huge blessing to have people you can pour your heart out to. I hope this episode has reminded you of that in your own life and inspired you to find your three or five friends and to call somebody that you could be brave with and ask for mentoring or to also distance from somebody who may be unhealthy and to find some couple friends with your spouse so you guys can further establish relationship identity. And then as another funny study has shared in the past, just seeing other couples, sometimes you're like, oh, you know what? I really love you because they're not like us and I love you. So sometimes it can draw you near to your spouse, but I'm just going to be praying that you guys don't take it as any kind of jealousy. If you see people with different giftings who aren't in the Moses generation, perhaps with you, or you can just shift away and just look to your marriage because what matters is yours and you don't really know what's going on in the other side of that fence anyway. So I just find it a privilege to be able to have relationships. I know you do too. We're so grateful. And if you want to get some mentoring from other couples, and I'm excited to hear from them too, then join me on Thursday and Friday of this week. The dates are August 20th and 21st, and we're going to be at boneandmarrow.market. So we'll check out talking all about marriage and have a fun concept I'm going to be explaining there too. So I so look forward to seeing you guys there if you can come check it out. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.